0: If I start talking to you, dude, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Are we on? We're on. You're listening to A Little Too Quiet, the Ferndale Library podcast brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale Library. My name is Jeff Milo and joining me is Jim Roll. Hello. Hello, Jeff. Long time no see. I know. It's been a while. It's been a while. You are, uh, to to me and to a lot of people, they already know you're an audio engineer. Um, Over the last two or three years, I saw your activity as a photographer. Uh, very much increase and i have to imagine you've been doing this for a while before i ask you more about how you became a photographer can you just tell us since your pieces are up in the library about your process uh the double exposure film soup i would love to (laughs) it's definitely my
1: become my calling card i didn't invent film soup i will say that um I've, it's been going on and people, I think you can Google film soup, but let's back up. My process is I, I do film photography, mostly 99% of the time, 35 millimeter, 95% of the time, I'll say. <laughs> uh, We're keeping score at home. Yeah, I know. Because um, I do slightly different one, once in a while. Um, 35 millimeter film and uh, color film very 99% of the time. I'll just be real literal about it. Yeah. I, I go out. And I walk my dog typically in the morning. I live right by the Huron River in Ypsilanti. And the dog and I will, you know, a typical shoot would be the dog and I would take a walk in the morning. I'd load up a roll of film and I would shoot random things Mm -hmm. along the river. The only thing that's not random is I developed pretty quickly the concept that for each set of double exposures, I will go out with a wide angle lens Mm -hmm. for one of the journeys. uh, And then when I go back out, I'll go out with a... um, kind of a, you know, more telephoto or like zoom lens. The Shutterbugs at home will want to know if it's a Canon <laughs> or a Nikon. <laughs> uh, I, it's, they're going to love me because it's not even. Um, <laughs> I, I'm i actually using a German Leica from 1972. Awesome. Um, they're the best and I get to, well, actually the f- the funny part is, Jeff, they're known for their incredible micro contrast lenses and everything. And the joke is, as you will learn in a minute, I kind of destroy my film. So it's a little bit, uh, <laughs> I don't know what the term would be, um, but I like, I like my camera. So that said, when I go digital, I'm Sony most of the time. Okay. okay. So I, I go out with the, with the old, like uh, shoot a, a wide angle lens in the morning, vaguely with the concept of maybe having big panoramas um, and maybe most of the action around the outside it comes into play because then when I go after the, I'll, I'll go home, I do a little trick where I, Have an old piece of film, I lick it, I stick it in a canister. I don't lick it, I wet it a little bit with some water. And then you (laughs) you, if you catch it and you can pull the film back out. Because for me, it's I have to pull the film back out. Just a little tip.
0: Hence the exposure.
1: Exactly. I load the film back in and put on a different lens. Occasionally I'll throw a color filter on, but I don't do that very often anymore. And I'll go out and shoot the second exposure. So the only note there is the exposures are random. I don't. I may, my subconscious may vaguely know what I did in the morning or the day before, but it's random. I don't know what's going over what. Chaos is a big part of my creative process. And right. I think
0: it's really important. But if people look at your works and think that it is surreal or dreamlike, it seems like it is coming from that randomness or the subconscious plan, what have you.
1: Right, and uh, and then you could always. I'm not going to start throwing around Jungian philosophy or various things, but you know maybe they're connected. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> so uh, go out shoot that. That second uh, exposure over it um, with, you know, in, it is in the back of my mind to maybe get some close-ups of things. So, you know, leaves or um, catching a cool bird. Note to people who are not familiar with my work, you, I don't think, we will ever see a human in my photos uh, to date. I'm going to start incorporating humans. But a lot of this work was done during COVID, so maybe that influenced it. But also, I just really wanted to explore various ways of looking at that river and and sure. and. We'll talk philosophy in a minute. We'll
0: stay with process. Where where does the rice come in?
1: Okay. So what we got to get, we got, we have a big step first which people who don't know are going to be excited, excited about. After everything's done, I take, I usually wait till I have two film canisters of double exposures, random. And that's where I soak them in boiling water, wine, vinegar, hot sauce, (laughs) um, peppermint extract, vanilla extract. Oh, Nice. Ziggy, my son, has thrown sweet and sour sauce from Wendy's in there, and I think it actually may have been, like, super cool. Not kidding. (laughs) And uh, furniture polish, Windex, you know, whatever. And then, notoriously, I did, in one roll of film, uh, put some blood in there. To be honest, I like to play up that fact, but it was, I think, more symbolic because I don't think there was necessarily enough blood to truly, like, color the film. But at, at the time, it was very early on when I was doing starting this, I thought, like... I mean, to me, it just seemed logical. Mm-hmm. If you're making potions, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? <laughs> Why would you not put blood in there? So, so I, I, I did put blood in there once. So that so you do some film soup and you boil, the, you put then you put boiling water in, uh, and you stir that around and you let it, the film just stew in it for like a day. Right, right. Then finally comes the rice. You pull it out and then you need to figure out a way to make this dry. It almost never dries. It remains sticky like weeks later. So it's just really weird. So we all. Those of us who do it, I think film soup, probably try different things. But the thing I do most of the time is have a big, huge mason jar, like not a normal mason jar, but like picture like two, three times as big as one, you would get your tomato sauce in or something Mm -hmm. and um, fill that with rice. And even I'll throw in some silicon gel packets and uh, I'll let the film just sit in there. I date them. Now I take notes on what the conditions were, snow, sun, you know, to kind of be more proud. You have more of a process about the logging it and stuff. Sure. So, uh, yeah. And then it has to sit in there for weeks. If, you know, you can probably go back in there four or five days later and and roughly do it. But I, I like to let it dry for weeks. And then I develop it myself. Um, I don't have a dark room. So I do what ends up being a pretty funny uh, and fun process. Kids would love it. Because I you have to have like this dark bag for those who've ever developed film at home. And it has like two elastic arms and you, so you put all your stuff in there and then you reach your arms into the dark bag Almost and you've
0: looks like a pillowcase maybe.
1: Uh, it's like a vinyl pillowcase with two armholes, right? But elastic. So, cause you no light can get in obviously. Um, but the fun part is now I'm reaching in and I got this gooey film that's been, you know, never quite dried. And, and then I have to unroll it and it's sticky and you have to kind of wind it onto these
0: reels, which is, kind of a trick even if the film's good but i've gotten good at that reminds me of the haunted house trick of putting your hands on pasta and saying oh it's the witch's hair uh precisely yeah. or the witch's brain oh the witch's brains it's jello yeah that sounds fun for kids oh yeah, yeah. we're we're a long ways <laughs> from a, a polaroid just printing and shaking it yeah a yeah long way with what you do yeah i
1: know although um <laughs> side note i'm pretty sure you know, Ziggy won't listen to this before his birthday, but then I mean, he wants a Polaroid. So I think nice. in a, in no- in October September we'll get him one. Yeah. So yeah, and then uh, I do then formally develop the film myself after that three weeks in the rice and and that I do standard. I um, load it onto reels in this dark bag, and then I use chemical process, usually three nice. steps, uh, and develop the negatives, dry them, and then I should mention I scan my negatives mm-hmm. um, into the digital realm and do basic color correction. I don't use, I don't never manipulate the the image, uh, but I'll I'll use Lightroom to like, everybody adjusts
0: contrast and color and stuff like that a little bit. Wow. Saturation. On a scale of one to 10, how messy does it get at home? (laughs) Uh, Okay. Seven, Uh, six. uh,
1: Messy. Honestly, the messy is like a nine, but it's because me, I'm a stacker and and a (laughs) hoarder. But as far as the actual, yeah, it's funny. Well, I, I will bring the kids in for, for dumping stuff in the soup it sounds fun yeah and it's very fun and i'm like each of them grab some and we pour it in there and it's um i don't do some people do recipes i i'm very inexact like i'm i take chaos to uh, to me okay so to me the random double exposures i mean obviously my eye still comes into play because each photo you know my composition what i see how i see things all comes through so it's not Mm -hmm. Total chaos. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll do that someday. Just go out and like wave the camera around. But <laughs> to me, you know, philosophy-wise, I, I feel like it's so hard to put. But it's like if I'm not consciously taking the photo, then who is? And that's mm-hmm. who I want to meet. Right. <laughs> you know, like I want to see what what creative things. It's literally like Christmas for me yeah. a month later when I develop these because I have no idea yeah.
0: what's on there other than this was a snowy day or this was a bright day or... Isn't that fascinating? This is barely a comparison, but as someone who has written a heck of a lot of things in my life, I can at least go back to old pieces I wrote and think, I don't even remember writing that. And boy, that sounds good, but I don't even remember that flowing through my brain. I don't, who did it? Who Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that... Auto, um, also, have you ever done automatic writing
1: or like... Oh, uh, no, not yet, but I'd love to try. Yeah. some. I've always been a, you know, as a songwriter, even I... I never quite, maybe you did it once in a while, but I would just kind of free associate and find the lyrics I liked. And I'm sure it's similar to other songwriters and writers in general. But I know that like Brian Eno and Bowie and stuff had the thing where they would cut up the phrases and yeah. throw them in there. And so to me, I've always been attracted to that, whether it be music or um, or visual
0: arts. And uh, for me, that's just, it's just really exciting. And That's a whole other thing. You know, you as a songwriter... Often songwriters get asked, often by music journalists, what's this song about? Right. What is the essence of this song? And it begs the temptation of of asking what what you think your photography is about. And it has been landscapes, location, the river, and by chance, if not by full intention, devoid of humanity. But as you said, this happened within the pandemic. and. Did you find some sort of fulfilling catharsis out of all of that? Which is something we were all seeking during during the pandemic. I started writing a book during the pandemic because I needed something to do. Some uh, outlet. An outlet. Jim. <laughs> yes. Was this a satisfying outlet? But you are
1: a writer. Yeah, um, I know. Which is
0: what you would do. Um right.
1: Yeah, no, uh, I, I have definitely spent some time. I've had to talk. Like, I don't even know if we should get into this. But the second half of the whole universe for me has been that I've been selling these as nfts which i know is something people don't uh, some people love some people hate or they just don't know don't what understand, it is, right um so i don't want to necessarily get into that but i've had to talk about my art a little bit right in that universe um so i have had to explore that question and certainly has been catharsis cathartic mm-hmm. in the most general sense i've been a songwriter who transitioned to mostly being an engineer which is more of a Then I'm a mechanic for other people's creative process. Right. This has been a real rediscovery of my own creativity. Um, It came through in a visual sense. um, But for me, that was almost more exciting. Um, I think both music and probably photography and painting are much more analytical and mathematical than people think. I don't think consciously of that, but you're putting together pieces. Yeah. Musical chords progressions first chorus etc where to go next structure right. song structure um same thing with photography uh in the sense that even w- while i may be doing random what goes over each other i'm i'm still framing making sense of space and then later in the process making sense of color contrast and it's for somehow it's very or for some reason it's very related it's funny on online i I'll, I'll have to get back to you on this um but somebody was telling me that there've been some good explorations of the relationship between music and visual art. So I'm, I, I'm, I'd really want to explore that. But to answer your question in a more specific sense, how I've framed these photos for myself is kind of trippy. I, they're, they're slightly psychedelic mm-hmm. in some ways, but I, I see it as looking for portals or seams in reality, looking for extra dimensions in the everyday so and it goes right back to what you said we were all looking for something during i mean we're all looking for something on a bigger sense but it was crystallized right during the pandemic so for me that's how it it frames itself in my mind right so i would call them like when i began to issue them as collections um i called them either portals which is a little bit cliche but i call them c41 portals because that's c41 is the film Developmental process so sounded a little more fun, but I eventually came up with this term "parallel collisions," and uh which is, you know, fun. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, is it oxymoron? What technically? I don't know what it is, but it's it's parallel collisions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm trying to un unpack bits of reality and see
0: beyond what's there. But it is specifically slightly psychedelic because when you say portals and you look at your work, it's not like Jim is thinking, well. I looked at this pine tree and my work is now tearing the fabric of reality or tearing open a portal. It's something of a suggestion that that portal is there if your naked eye might not see it. And here it is revealed. So it isn't, despite the fact that it is psychedelic, it is slightly psychedelic because this isn't, this isn't abstract or avant-gardist. This is, this has a subtle touch to it, Jim. The portal is there. The colors are there. Even if it wasn't when you, the human, was... This is getting crazy. No, you're nailing it. You're, crazy. you're kind of <laughs> nailing it.
1: Um, I love it. No, I think you're onto it. Because like, to me, that's how I frame it. Is that I'm happening upon the portals by using chaos yeah. and a process. An organic process. As organic as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's more about identifying it um, or, or seeing, seeing it. Which yeah. is so funny yeah. to talk about. Because yeah. it's, you know... But yes, um, you've very much... Sincerely tapped upon, uh, tapped in on, and kind of how I process it.
0: And then I, I started in the middle. But what about the origin? I know you as a musician and an audio engineer. When did you get into photography? Have you always been kind of in photography, and then now you've dove in strongly? Or are we just now seeing more of this side of you? Has this been a side of you?
1: Yeah, it's it's new. I was so incredibly dedicated to music. Music was, like so many, my savior as an adolescent, my muse as an, or young adult, my career as an older adult. And I was familiar with some excellent photographers. I helped my a uh, friend who was a, a really great photographer when I was younger and we would go out and he, he had a four by five film camera and he was interested in capturing some Ansel Adams type things, large format or so I was familiar with it, but I, I was. Nope. I never spent time with, with visual, um, with visual arts. I was just so dedicated to, to music. That said, as you know, we've all spent so much time with album covers and, and, you know, and I, I'm also, I would watch tons of documentaries about great photographers sure. and, and the history of art. I was a—I should mention, like, despite everything I just said, I was a uh, art history major for, for the first <laughs> half of my um, my uh, college education. Although I eventually transferred to another school and had to finish as as a just general liberal arts degree. But
0: yeah, so I guess you're informed. <laughs> yeah, you're informed. You just didn't touch the actual camera yet. Yeah, but you know your stuff. You know your stuff.
1: Yeah. yeah, and uh, it it was a so you can imagine the degree of the catharsis when yeah. I discovered what this could help me, you know, just the way it could help me deal with with life and and particularly during you know it flourished during the pandemic. I was taking one more part of the narrative would be that before that I, you know I'm very into comedy and um, I just love being funny and um, I think how I found still two dimensional stills in photography was because prior to that I began getting into the technology of digital cameras because mm-hmm. I wanted to make my funny uh videos of me doing fake news by the river which involved the river <laughs> again <laughs> again the river so yeah um interesting constantly uh that that river um so you know long story short I got started getting some fancier cameras to do the videos and then I w- was slowly 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 drawn to the stills the stills the stills i love video i i have incorporated some of my um film soup with uh, a second dimension of a video over it which i'll share with you at some point like um i'm involved with a art collective online and they do prompts every month and they did a, a beckett prompt from uh unnamables uh which is very random stream of consciousness kind of almost nonsense, uh, book. And for that, I, I took one of my photos, turned it into black and white, and then did a video over it. So I still mess with video, but, uh, it was, it was originally me spending time by that river doing the videos. And then suddenly I started taking stills and really getting into composition in that sense. And, uh, and then it evolved. It's funny because as I've become more, into this process, I've talked with some art educators and stuff, and they're very uh, traditional art educators. I don't know; I, I'm generalizing, but the ones that I've met, it's not uncommon to really spend time with a single uh, vein or muse for a long time. So that river, like when I told some of these, you know, art educators that you know I've walked that river, you know, three thousand times in the last two years, mm-hmm. um, they were like, "Well, why not?" thirty thousand. Or you know, it's just interesting. So the idea of really staying with something, because it did evolve from very basic shots to film shots to double exposure
0: film shots to looking for <laughs> alternative dimensions. <so. laughs> that has to be the way though, because you you need a subject. I'm not I'm not gonna reach for my phone. And I always forget this photographer's name, but he worked in the fifties. He had a big series called The Americans. Oh yes. So you need so to, I think he came from Germany too. Um, you need a subject. Yeah. If you need connective thematic tissue, I guess. Yes. To bring all the pieces together. Yeah. So. And,
1: and you're right. Um, and I, I, it's funny because uh, I, I should also mention one
0: more thing. If I didn't have... Because my then dog, your photos become yeah. like chapters. That's what I was kind of getting at, you know? Ooh. So that's how I see it. I see it as a book. Yeah. Of no, the, no, no. But the that narrative. It's true though. Yeah.
1: Um. And it does have to, in a way, I'm finding that it does have to be organized that way, mm-hmm. too. Um, but, yeah, I was going to mention that if I didn't have my dog, uh, she's like the other half, like the dog in the river. Because... Faye Yeah, Faye needs to be walked twice a day, mm-hmm. <laughs> minimum. But so during the pandemic, I might, you know, in all honesty, I might have succumbed to, well, let's use the term laziness. <laughs> uh, I may not have left the house right twice a day, right you know, almost without question maybe I would have played video games or watched movies or you know which I probably in read books, which I read a lot of books um watched a lot of documentaries watched a lot of I mean in a weird way uh, that's the other part of the documentary is we I don't know about you, but I immersed myself in documentaries too like mm-hmm. so as I was becoming so it was almost a very crystallized education because mm-hmm. um not only was I my photography transforming very quickly, but I was watching every 45 to one and a half hour documentary any every large form documentary I could on every photographer. And I was taking in a lot of information, you know?
0: So that's amazing. Yeah. I have a tough one for you. What does it feel like to complete a piece? Um, And if that's not a simple question to answer, what does it even feel like to just go out and even just snap one, one photo? Uh, what is fulfilling about that? Well, the second question is very vivid, so I'm
1: happy to share that while I, th- while my subconscious thinks about the first question, but I absolutely go into almost a trance state within four or five photos. So the first, you know, the first two or three um, photos, it's almost like I'm starting to, it's a meditation, you know, um, and I my brain stops, you know, and, and I know, but, but, you know, I was thinking about this this week because I, I hadn't shot for a few days and I went back out with the camera and I realized that it's physical. Like it's not just uh there's a metaphysical element, but I realized that the way I breathe when I take the photos is lending itself to almost like there, I think there's a standard breathing exercise for um, people with anxiety. It's like mm-hmm. four in four, Hold for five
0: eight out, or something like that i I forget yeah it's um it's known just as breath work, and yeah that's basically the gist of it yeah and and I realized that
1: I do that with the camera, so there's a so in a very i'm trying to demystify this in a very physical sense, as I begin to focus i i think i i take begin to take deeper breaths, take something in, I actually hold my breath while I shoot which I don't know if the, I will maintain doing that or whatever but for some reason I do it um and then I usually have a big exhale so it lends itself to incredible focus and a meditative state and then I I really just I do forget about my problems and the fact that I'm with nature because I'm walking a river
0: yeah
1: it makes it um and and I'm not I'm I was a suburban Chicago and or you know I was born in Oak Park which is very similar to Ferndale Oak Park Outside of Chicago, um, home of Frank Lloyd Wright and Ernest Hemingway, um, um, while we're, well, we're naming
0: artists, folks, <laughs> Robert Frank did the Americans. Robert Frank, anyway. thank you, thank you. Yes, but anyway, very nice
1: because yes. that would have driven me nuts. And it's a great look it up, folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: Oak Park, Illinois.
1: Oak Park, Illinois. And and um, so I was born kind of semi-urban Chicago, but I grew up out towards the airport suburban. So I'm point being. In, i used to walk a river when i was a kid too so mm-hmm. there's tie-ins but i wasn't i was much more locked in studios the last right 20 years um and cars traveling and or venues venues performing. yeah so so here i am now mm-hmm. walking mm-hmm. spending time with a river breathing by a river you know organizing what I see so for me very meditative um the feeling of taking a photo is is, uh, is exceptionally freeing and, you know, and, and I just, I wanted to,
0: it's, it's not in a cheesy sense. It's a very physical thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's transportive too, because I don't, I, I'll say this with authority. I might be wrong, but I don't think anyone is going to look at your pieces and say, oh yeah, that's Ypsilanti. Right. Or that's surrounding Ypsilanti. Incredible can't point. Be, exactly. So it could be, it has that, it could be anywhere factor to it.
1: Yeah and i think when if people come to the library there's um two particular pieces which i actually named after Ypsilanti streets called uh Reeland off prospect 1 and 2 and they're a uh, single you'll see them i think it's a single uh, home kind of out on a plateau of land with some trees like, behind it it's like like the cover of a willa cather novel yeah yeah exactly and they uh it, it's literally anywhere in fact yeah. uh after the film soup thing, like sometimes I look at it and think like it could be on Mars, even though it's, um, (laughs) so, um, thank you for saying that though. I, um, just because it's a good point that these definitely don't. Oh, although there is one up that's very Ypsilanti, which is a picture of this kind of trippy five exposure shot of, uh, of, uh, peninsular park dam, which is a nice old, what's the word for that? Where they used to have these huge, block letters on top of buildings held up by beams you know like, <laughs> but you'll see it in the photo but it's it's a classic um so that that is the one thing that's Ypsilanti, but it is an extreme outlier uh, yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh one more thing I wanted to say is mm-hmm. a great percentage of the time my photos will have because of the two lenses a smaller world and then you'll see a, a an enormous world over it that's usually a little more opaque is the word but a little more del- dissoluted or just, dis, you know, it's dissolved in the background a little bit. And uh, that particular um, approach to life, especially for for me, I'm like, you know, getting older and stuff like that. Like to me, it's hinting at a larger existence, uh, whether, not necessarily I'm talking about having or afterlife, but just a bigger, could be a bigger meaning, could be a larger psychological landscape to the landscape that we spend most of our time in. But I really like that You'll, the focus will be on this smaller world. And then if you take a moment and look, there's an enormous world above it. Oh yeah. So for me that that's one more cool thing that's come out of it as far as a meaning.
0: Oh yeah. Entrancing, <laughs> uh, dazzling, polychromatic imagery. Anyone who walks by the corridor gallery here in the library might very well stop and l- I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that they'll lose ten minutes of their time, but they might be frozen in place for ten minutes of time, staring. And just who even knows what might be going on in their brain, but they might very well be considering things of that, of that existential import that you're getting at there. That's what your photography can do, Jim. Thank you. And we're glad to have you here at the Ferndale library. Oh uh, yeah. I have to say
1: it's uh it's my first true uh, installation. I, this is a thrill, like a uh, childlike thrill, like I, like seeing it up.
0: And I love it couldn't be more perfect and more more should follow more should thank follow you. we hope that that happens thank you thank you so much jim roll for joining us uh we'll link to jimroll.com you can look at some images and read all about his process in our show notes you have listened to another episode of a little too quiet the ferndale library podcast it's brought to you by the friends of the ferndale library the music that you hear at the beginning and end of each episode is by a local musician john duffy if you want to support this podcast go to ferndalefriends.org or you could uh, follow us or like us or rate us or review us, leave a comment, tell your friends about us. And if, you, if you're you interested in photography, if you know someone who's interested in photography, if you know someone who's interested in art, or if you know someone who knows Jim, share this episode to social media. Uh, we'll be back next week with more. Thanks for listening.